You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. I don't want it to sound cliche, but... 2021 felt like it was never going to end. I mean, I didn't quite enter 2021 under the best circumstances. We don't need to get into that entirely. But man, 2020, what made 2020 easy was that I was living at home with my parents. Other than that, 2021 was me having to live with my parents while also unemployed for the most part. So at least when I was working, they didn't mind me being at home, especially since there was a global pandemic. But when you're not working and you're at home, then it just gets a a different type of annoying. But in all seriousness, um, you know, my, my family did so much for me. They always have. And uh, this will be the start of the first year where I have been really on my own in a long time. I mean, I was away for college and stuff, but very, very different circumstances. I spent my, uh, my New Year's back in Wisconsin. Uh, flew out a few days after Christmas to get back, readjust, get, get things set up. Gonna be traveling uh, a little bit. Gonna be traveling to Las Vegas in a, in a couple weeks, and then I'll be traveling to Arizona, and then in a, in February, and then in March I may or may not be in Los Angeles. Uh, I will be in in Maryland for a bit uh, for a friend's wedding, and I've got my wedding in May. So this is uh, this is already off to a great year because even though I had to spend New Year's alone, I spent it in a warm, nice apartment had my sparkling Welch's grape because uh wasn't wasn't really feeling like drinking alone and um you know other than other than the cold it, it just feels weird because I I feel like sometimes I want to complain about um you know the, the lack of parties that I don't get invited to not that I wouldn't have wanted to go or oh you know all my friends are back home but no it's like oh my friends are probably doing nothing as well so it's just it's just weird a lot a lot has changed and you know we started this show at the beginning of the pandemic, 
and then it, it's gone so many crazy directions. Let's just talk about on the run as is. Let's not just talk about my life. You can go back and listen to the hundreds of episodes we've done, and you can listen to all the all the crazy shit that's happened last year and the year before that and everything. But let's just talk on the run specifically. It's supposed to be a travel show, uh, and the month that it premieres, COVID happens. So then it turns into what it is now, which is a show about this on the run mentality of engage, overcome, and adapt, you know, rub some dirt in it and carry on, so to speak. And then it, it turned into 2021, where I was mostly on the run, you know, recording podcasts from my car, uh, recording podcasts in friends' basements and living rooms and hotels. And, you know, we had a, we had the We Are Libertarians Facebook group taken down. Thousands of people who otherwise, you know, were either too lazy to find another way to engage with us or didn't care. But either way, a lot of them were downloading and subscribing, so that group gets zucked, and a lot of people just disappear that way. Uh, my old Parler account, some of you may have come over from Parler, and uh, that account had 28,000 followers on it, and that gets shot down almost immediately in, uh, in January. After I leave Parler, after I'm already dealing with the repercussions of that, I'm thinking, well, at least I have 28,000 people, and then that gets canned. Um, update on that, I did finally delete my old Parler account. I remember posting in July that I would no longer be posting to Parler, and that if you wanted to keep up with me, uh, most of the time you could sign up for my newsletter, remzo.substack.com. But, uh, you know, I did finally go back, I think the week after Thanksgiving, and I just deleted it just to finally you know, put old Yeller down. So lose the We Are Libertarians Facebook group, thousands of people, phew, gone. Uh, Parlor, phew, gone. Um, and, and it's not like when it came back, those 28,000 people were there. My posts used to get seen like 100,000 times, um, and then they were getting viewed like twice. So it, it's not like I lost anything when it came back. Um, it wasn't some like brave sacrifice. There was there was no one there, and I just didn't want to think about it, so I, so I killed it. But... Um, what else? Oh, the YouTube channel. While while video, while some videos still get uploaded to YouTube, uh, YouTube doesn't upload any of my shows. They will upload live streams uh, from the Chris Bangle show and one other show, but they don't post any of mine. They don't post any Brian Nichols. YouTube basically said fuck off, and um, yeah. So I mean, it was it was a it, it was a rough year for the show. I used to get thousands more downloads monthly. And uh, now I'm, I'm not anywhere near where I was. But I think the one thing that is really cool is that uh, a lot of you have stayed, a lot of you have become more, you know, more involved in my life. A lot of you are clients, a lot of you are friends, a lot of you are people that are just on the same journey that I'm on. And I think it's time that we refocus on what that journey is. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and use a matrix comparison. But the past two years have changed the way we live, and I find it really opportune that the show started when it did because I was coming to it at a place from a place of comfort, and uh, immediately we got thrown out of comfort, and uh, things are things things are not the same. But there are people that think that everything is back to the way it was that we have to just uh, you know accept certain things and that. Old old institutions that have, you know, for the most part, 
uh, wrecked our lives should just keep on doing so. I started this show as a travel show. It quickly turned into a show about a young millennial trying to achieve financial independence and become a millionaire before the age of 40 so I could semi-retire and have the access to the wealth, power, and influence that I needed so that way I could have the two things that matter more than all the money in the world, which are, I, and, I, and I want to I say this and not sound pretentious because I, I, I know how it sounds, especially if you're a new listener, because I still get occasional new listeners. I want my time back. I want the time they took from me. Stick going through their public schools, going through all the shit that they make you do for everyone else's gains, corporate America's gains, the government's gain, all the time they took from me during COVID, all the time they took from me for many situations. I want my time back. All the money in the world means nothing if you don't have your time. But then what does money give you? And what does time give you? Time gives you options. I don't like it here. Things are about to get bad. I can move. Oh, I'm out of a nine to five. Fine. I have access to cash flow. I'll be fine. Oh, I need to take a month off to go visit family for an emergency. Fine. I don't need to worry about it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Well, I've got options. They might not always be the best options. They might not always be the most convenient options, but options are good. And options give you comfort. Options give you luxury. Options give you peace of mind. All that money means nothing if it doesn't give you back your own time and if it doesn't give you options. Now, we're in a new year, 2022, a.k.a. year two of 15 Days to Flatten the Curve. And uh, a lot of you are talking New Year's resolutions. I was talking New Year's stuff before we entered this new year. Last week, uh, from the time you're listening to this in the feed, we spoke with my good friend Gary Collins, and Gary and I both hate New Year's resolutions because anything worth doing to uh, to help yourself to you know tomorrow is probably worth doing today. And I'd like to think that I don't have any New Year's resolutions per se. There are things that I want to achieve you know, in the near term and in the long term, but they're not things that I was thinking, oh, you know, after... After January 1 hits, I want to definitely go ahead and, uh, you know, do this. And I have to get this done by December 31st of of 22. So that way, when I go into 23, you know, it's all done. I I focused more on one thing. Well, two things. One, build better habits. I, um, like many of you, I, I suck at building a regular schedule that's not, you know, forced upon me by outside factors, work, et cetera. Uh, I suck at that. My discipline is not as great as it used to be. I'll be quite honest. But, you know, it's about building better habits and also seeking discomfort. As, as many of you know, and I won't get into it too hard, so if you're a new listener, I'm sorry, you're going to have to just bear with me and go back and listen to old episodes. 2020, I had the rug pulled under me. Had a, um, you know, like, like many of you, forced to work from home, took a 10% pay cut, had no other form of, uh, of uh, active or passive income at the time. And then I switched jobs, making a ton of money, and then uh, left that job because of circumstances. And then I was unemployed, and the media was after me. People were after me um, because I dared tried to help the world be freer online. And then, you know, it was it was rough. 
I, I moved to a place I'd never moved before. I left all comfort and familiarity behind, started a business, went back into a career field I didn't think would allow me in. I, I, was, I was blessed. But I took that as an opportunity to come up like the metaphorical phoenix that I am and try and, try and make something out of it. Um, the one thing that I told myself, especially during the loneliest parts of 2020, was that I'm never going to take simple things for granted again. Freedom of movement, trying new experiences, getting out of my comfort zone. It started off with a couple solo road trips and quickly went on to doing things that, you know, have been fun and have been scary. Let's just look at what I started doing when I came to Wisconsin. I never thought I'd be doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu in a million years. But, you know, that, that's, the, that's the thing about it. You don't know what you're going to do sometimes. I also knew that I wanted to work on my copywriting skills and that, you know, as, um, as we've done episodes in the past, build new active and passive streams of income. I signed up for Andrew Tate's Hustlers University, which I talked about a couple weeks ago in the wealth creation episode. And uh, so far, I'm getting a lot of value from that. I spoke with Andrew Tate on Instagram as well. And, you know, they, they've got a lot of great things coming from him and the professor. So I started doing that. I joined a local gym, started getting back to the gym. I'm making and saving money. I'm just, I'm just trying to focus on the things that, that push me. Now, with, with, with the remainder of the episode, no, I'm not rolling up now, but, you know, the, the, the title, the title should, uh, <laughs> should, should have caught your attention, I hope. Fire and Water. Wim Hof breathing and cold exposure. Uh, about a month and a few weeks ago, so about like mid to late November, I went ahead and had a, an amazing guest on, Joshua Janis. He is the owner and a chief coach at the Gentle Art Lifestyle. It's a jiu-jitsu program in which he conducts jiu-jitsu seminars throughout the country. He's part of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Globetrotters, BJJ Globetrotters, He's a celebrity within the world of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and grappling. But on that show, uh, we talked about, you know, what it's like to get into this, this sport, this lifestyle for, uh, for new people. And at the end of it, we spoke, and he told me that he was not only doing a Wim Hof breathing and jiu-jitsu camp on the weekend of my birthday, but he was doing it in South Milwaukee. And I was like, you know what? That sounds freaking amazing. I want to give that a try. Now, Wim Hof breathing, the Wim Hof method is, uh, is named after this guy named Wim Hof. Basically, to pull a long story together and make it nice and short, he basically came up with a breathing style which apparently does a lot of miraculous things. It helps with inflammation. It helps uh, regulate your body temperature. It helps increase your cardiovascular um, levels. It helps you endure extreme amounts of pain. Um, in one example, they, they this guy climbed Mount Everest in nothing but his shorts doing this breathing method. And then at one point, they actually injected him with a live strain of Ebola, and he beat Ebola. You can go on YouTube and just do Wim Hof and... Um, I mean, it's amazing. So you've got this crazy breathing style, which is usually um, done with cold exposure as the big test. So 
Joshua has been doing this for years. He suffered from uh, from asthma, and you know, as as an athlete in, in doing other combat sports, he found that it helped him with his jujitsu, and it also just helped him deal with the stresses of life, anxiety, a lot of things. And if there's one thing I absolutely freaking hate, it's the cold. Not just cold, but that wet cold where you just can't escape it. I had a really traumatic experience in the army where, uh, long story short, again, we were out in a, in a live training exercise out in the field for, for about a week. And at one point we got like this, like the most epic thunderstorm in, uh, Kentucky history. And it was bad and it was freezing. And, uh, they put, it was so bad. They actually pulled a bunch of the other platoons out of the field, but we were the farthest out. So they just literally said over the radio one night, we're sorry, you've got to stay there. And I remember seeing the lightning hit trees and strike near my friends and sparks flying from the ground and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, went from like 110 degrees and hundred percent humidity during the day to, you know, around 20 at night and we were cold and it was me and my rifle and my equipment and my battle buddy right next to me and we're trying to huddle together to stay warm and somehow I was able to sleep but I just remember it It was painful for anyone that's ever experienced anything like that especially you know uh, and I this was not seer training but I know a lot of guys who have gone through seer training through the army and the air force you know it's not the torture the interrogation the extra hard physical stuff that gets you it's it's the weather it's being vulnerable and exposed and it freaking sucks. And that, that bothers me uh, many times. In fact, that's one reason why I do so many sensory deprivation tank sessions. It's because it, it's calming. It allows me to reset. And I actually do it with, um, uh, with this track of thunder and rain in the background uh, when I do those sometimes, breaking the sensory deprivation experience because obviously you're listening to something. I do it because it kind of puts me back in that moment and allows me to rebuild it mentally in my mind. So that way, when those triggers happen, I can pull myself out of it and make a new experience. And I've come mostly to peace with it, but actually having to go and be in a physical situation like that was something that I was like, you know, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. I never will. And I'm going to be doing it with an expert in a controlled environment and I get to do jujitsu as well. So why wouldn't I do it? So I signed up. It was a great school uh, that was hosting at Neutral Ground, Milwaukee. We basically had a bunch of different workshops over certain jujitsu techniques. Um, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, I was out of my comfort zone because not only am I brand new to this lifestyle, but I was also going to another school across town to do something that I still felt like I'm such a newbie at. People are going to think I'm stupid. And, uh, you know, everyone was just so awesome. Everyone there came from all around the area. Everyone went to different schools. I I met some uh, great people, including a couple that does their own podcast about marriage and jujitsu, which I'm going to bring them on uh, eventually to do. But, you know, there were other white belts there. Um, You know, it was just, it, it was a good experience. And, Everyone was just so kind, and we just were all there for the love of jujitsu and wanting to challenge ourselves. So uh, it was a two-day camp, and at the end of the main day, after a Wim Hof uh, seminar in the morning where we learned the actual breathing technique, which was, I, I felt like, how is this different than 
full on breathing. Well, what you're trying to do is you're trying to inhale completely at a not you're not like huffing the air and you're just like I don't know why I'm doing this. You can't see me, but maybe you can hear me. You're you're like breathing in and you're really trying to fill up your lungs and then you quickly, you know, not quickly, but I I would be a terrible Wim Hof teacher. Basically, you're allowing the air to exhale at a a proper, you know, rate. And then as soon as you exhale all that air, usually we take a pause. Well, what you're doing is you're trying to think of yourself as a wave. So basically, air is constantly moving in and out, and there is no break. There is no pause. And you're focusing on that to build a rhythm. And your mind is focused on that. So that way you, you keep your heart rate in a regular uh, you know, healthy rate, and you're you're able to block out a lot of uh, a, a lot of a lot of the weird thoughts that your body throws to you, in which you get into a fight or flight mode. Typically, when you're doing something where it's like, am I indicating stress or not? The body gets confused. So basically, uh, we did that in the morning. Then we have a bunch of our jujitsu seminars, and at the end of the night, what we did was we went to the South Milwaukee Yacht Club, and on there we had a bonfire along the beach. And basically what we were going to do is we were going to wait for the lights, for the sun to come down. And we were going to do a breathing session around this bonfire. And then we were going to go walk into Lake Michigan. And the goal was to just try and be there in the water for a minute because too much, especially on first try, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot for you. So not a lot of people did it. And I'm not going to call them names. I'm not going to judge them. Everyone had their reasons. Some people wanted to see others do it so they could do it the next day, which makes perfect sense. My thing was with me, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So here I am around this fire. They actually had a bunch of people from the bar come around and try and motivate us and stuff. You know, they were just watching. One guy came out with his son. They were drinking. They're like, oh, we're just going to watch. You guys do your thing, okay? Real, real Wisconsin. But uh, we, we went out in uh in like groups of like three or four at a time and I was gonna be in the second group. So I just remember I took all my clothes off. I had like my beanie on for my ears and um I was just down to my shorts. So no socks, no shoes, no sandals, no shirt. It was cold at that point. And uh I'm just trying to get into the the breathing rhythm around the fire. So eventually after about five, ten minutes I get up, I see the group coming back, I walk out there and, uh, you know, barefoot on that beach, uh, it's not comfortable. And it's cold. And there was a wind coming. And I was like, "Where's the? Wh- why is the wind deciding to come now? This, this isn't fair. This isn't fun. And eventually I, I get to where the, the shoreline is. And there are some people from our class there who didn't go in, but they were there to motivate people like, you know, good, uh, good compatriots, good colleagues in this. And they're like, oh, man, come on, you could do it. So I start going in and the water feels like broken glass. It was just so freaking uncomfortable. And I get, I walk into my knees, I start to feel the waves are actually kind of, they're not like super high, but they're, they're about a foot. And, uh, I, I get to my knees and next, you know, uh, I hear my, my coach Joshua coming into the water and he gets to about where I am. He's like, okay, drop and I'm like what he's like sit down see if you could sit down so I'm like oh shoot because at that point it's like my body was frozen the water is coming up to my knees and I'm just like I don't want to get down so I got down to my freaking nipples and the waves are just rocking me and I'm I'm still in the same position I'm like a rock at that point nothing is moving me and I'm just like screaming 
F-bombs and everything else, and I'm counting in my head. Uh, the average person was in the water um, for about a minute. I think I was in there for about two minutes, maybe. Maybe somebody could contest that, but I do know I counted to a minute. I was there a little bit longer, not because I was so brave or anything, but because I was. I thought I was frozen and couldn't get up. <laughs> but... Um, you know, it was it, it was it was a challenge. And when I got out of the water and started moving back, it's like, you know, my body, I'm telling my body move at a certain speed and it wasn't. And this whole time I'm still I had not stopped doing the Wim Hof breathing. So I just look like I'm a freak. I'm just like <gasps> and I'm shirtless and walking out of the water and it's pitch black. And you know, at this point I'm walking up the beach and I'm like, oh the you know, the the beach doesn't feel as like jagged stuff. And then I'm like, oh, it's because I can't feel my toes. And at that point, I'm like, oh, I, I can't feel my dick. So um, I quickly reach in my pants and I'm like, okay, the, the boys are still in town. And uh, get over to the bonfire. And um, at that point, I'm just, I'm sitting down. I'm quickly, you know, grabbing my towel, drying up, getting my clothes on. And I sit down, I'm still continuing the breathing because my heart rate was just going a million miles per hour. I had to bring it down. And uh, eventually everyone did it. And at the end of it, like, I felt, I felt fine. So it, it was one of those moments where it was like, you know, people are, the, the, the spectators from the bar who were awesome, cheered us on. Some of them bought us some shots actually afterwards. Like they're probably looking at us like, those people are freaks, but you got to understand for me, that's one of the, it was a moment that really brought together not just a rough year, a rough two years where I feel powerless, where I feel afraid, where I feel my best days are behind me, where I feel like I can't do certain things, where I feel incapable, where I lack the confidence, where my own masculinity is in question by me. And, you know, I, I say to people, seek adventure in all things. Because I would have never, ever thought about doing that in my life. But by taking one step, I was able to take another step. And I was able to keep going. And now I'm more open to things. Because if you had ever told me I'd be doing a jujitsu seminar of Wim Hof breathing where I'm going to be walking into freaking Lake Michigan doing this stuff, I would have said you were, you were crazy a few years ago. But I felt more pride in myself and more achievement in myself standing outside, unable to feel my dick for a few minutes, freezing my ass off with a bunch of strangers who, who are now good friends, then I have at certain points where I got awards and accolades and public notice. This wasn't something I did for other people. This wasn't something I did to brag. I did this for me, and it was amazing. And uh, I'm not going to tell you whether or not the Wim Hof stuff works. I can tell you, though, that I have continued to do it, not just when I'm rolling in a, you know, a, a jiu-jitsu class, but I'm doing it at the gym. I'm doing it throughout the day if I feel stressed. I'm doing it in the shower. It's just become something I do, taking 10 breaths you know, every so often at once throughout the day, just kind of spreading it out when I feel like I need to just reset and stuff like that. It is, um, it, it's worked for me, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's something that everyone should consider trying. But, you know, the, the, the point is to, to really consider this year, because many of you are still New Year's resolutions-based people, and if that's how you get things done, more power to you. It just doesn't work for me. 
But the one thing that I really do think you should do, because, you know, in some ways things are getting better, in many ways things are getting worse. I think what you need to do is you need to put that shit aside and say that life isn't going to get easier. So you might as well do the things that make you happy. You might as well go seek that adventure where you can and, uh, you know, seek that discomfort. Learn more about yourself. Don't think that your best days are behind you because the world is darker. Do it. Be that fire. Be that water. You know, fire lights things up. Fire is the source of energy. The only thing that's going to make real change in your life is what you can do with your brain and your hands and your heart. And then be like water. You know, as Bruce Lee once said, you know, water takes all forms. Water is fluid. Water can, you know, fit anywhere in any position. Water can take on many different states. Be water. Be adaptive. Go with the flow in a way in which you can get out of any and all situations, but you can also embrace new situations, whether you chose them or didn't. I'm really hoping that whether it's doing something like this or something else that you're interested in or something else you don't quite know, you, you'll you'll give it a shot, going to new places, meeting new people, trying things that you may fail at, but maybe you'll succeed at. I'm no one special, but I've done a lot of crazy things that a lot of people have thought have been cool and have had the opportunities that a lot of people thought, you know, I would have never thought of doing that, but I'm glad you did because now I might give it a try. I might give it a try and maybe I'll bring some friends along. Get your time back. Get your freedom back. Seek discomfort and do something amazing this year. Well, that's all I've got to say. Otherwise, I hope you've enjoyed listening to you know these, these uh, wacky aspects of my life as much as I love getting to live those moments. We'll be back later in the week. Be good, be safe, and I'll talk to you later.